Free, thank you for joining me tonight for my conference call on uh, hypothyroidism. What your doctor isn't telling you is probably making you sick. And it's uh, say that with a little bit of tongue in cheek, but as you'll find out tonight, that you know, unfortunately, out there, there's a lot of doctors who just really have their head in the sand and aren't telling you the information that is widely known. If you just look at the research out there about low thyroid, low adrenal, and some of the other things that we're going to talk about tonight that are the catalyst for disease and poor health. Uh, a little bit about myself before we get started again. This is Dr. Roger Murphy. I'm a board-certified chiropractic physician and nutritional specialist. I've been in practice for 20 years. Fourteen of those years have spent specializing in fibromyalgia, a condition or syndrome characterized by diffuse achy muscle pain, low moods, poor sleep, chemical sensitivities, uh, mood disorders, and uh, uh, a big thing that is a classic with with, uh, with uh, fibromyalgia is uh, hypothyroidism or low thyroid. And so 14 years ago when I started treating fibromyalgia patients, one of the common denominators I found is just about every patient with fibromyalgia had low thyroid function and oftentimes their low thyroid function had been missed by their doctor. And so they, like a lot of people with low thyroid, they have all the symptoms of low thyroid, fatigue, constipation, weight gain, tingling in their hands and feet, cold hands and feet, headaches, high cholesterol, high triglycerides. Um, they would go to their, their doctor with all these symptoms, and he or she would say, oh, well, it looks like you've got low thyroid, you've got hypothyroidism. Let's do a blood test, and we'll get you on some thyroid hormone medicine, and you'll be fine. And, of course, often what would happen is the blood test would come back, and the doctor would say, oh, well, i got great news for you. All your blood work is normal. So here, take this antidepressant and come back in three months. Or here, take this uh, stimulant like Adderall or Ritalin and come back in three months. Or whatever it, it is, they would try to cover up the symptoms of low thyroid with some other medication that really all it was going to do was perhaps maybe cover up the symptoms, but it certainly wasn't going to address the true cause of all the problems, which is a dysfunction in the way the thyroid is functioning or producing thyroid hormones. And so I set out on a quest 14 years ago to make sure that um, not only would I become an expert in fibromyalgia, and uh, I would also have to become an expert in treating low thyroid because if I was going to have a success with my fibromyalgia patients, then I had to know everything I could about low thyroid function. And so that brings me today to where part of my practice is, is, um, has to do with, with low thyroid patients that don't have fibromyalgia. And my practice is now uh, I do phone consults with patients all over the world, throughout North America, uh, South America, Europe. And uh, many of those patients call me uh, and set up consults with me for low thyroid. It has nothing to do with fibromyalgia, even though the big part of my practice remains and always will dealing with fibromyalgia patients. I'm the author of five books, including Treating and Beating Fibromyalgia and Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, Heart Disease, Which Your Doctor Won't Tell You, and Treating and Beating Anxiety and Depression with Orthomolecular Medicine. For a number of years, I owned a large integrative medical practice where I employed five medical doctors who worked for me, 
on the campus of Brookwood Hospital here in Birmingham, Alabama. And we specialized in integrative medicine. Integrative medicine is a combination of traditional medicine and natural medicine. And what we attempted to do is use, when needed, a very judicious uh, amount of prescription drugs only when needed and for short periods of time um, until we could get the person uh, to reverse their illness or, or get them to where they could stabilize their illness using nutritional supplementation and other natural methods. And so I did that for a number of years, but, few, but a few years ago I sold that practice and now I'm in practice solo once again. Seventy percent, uh, maybe now, even now, maybe 80 percent of my practice now is phone consults. Well, let's talk about hypothyroidism. What is that? Well, hypothyroidism means that your thyroid is not functioning at optimal levels and is not um, doing its job. And there's really three types of hypothyroid, primary, secondary, and tertiary. I'm not going to get into all the nerdy talk tonight, but just to kind of break these up for you a little bit, um, primary hypothyroidism arises from a deficiency in the thyroid gland, meaning the thyroid gland itself is not able to function adequately to produce thyroid hormones T4 and T3, thyroxin and, and T3. And, and primary hypothyroidism is the easiest one to catch because that one is classic on blood work. You see an elevated TSH level, thyroid-stimulating hormone, and from that your doctor then says, oh, you have hypothyroidism, low thyroid, low metabolism, we'll put you on Synthroid or Levothoxin and you'll be fine. And sometimes that works and, and oftentimes it doesn't work as we'll talk about a little bit uh, further in, in tonight's call. Secondary hypothyroidism involves the pituitary gland. The pituitary gland is one of the master glands up in the brain along with the hypothalamus that controls and regulates the autonomic nervous system. The, it's really the, uh, the robot that controls all of these systems in the body, things that we don't have to think about, right? Regulating our blood pressure and, our, and um, our respiratory system and our digestive system, it regulates that. And one of the things it regulates is our hormones, um, our endocrine glands, including thyroid hormones. And the pituitary can get um, under too much stress and it can shut down and uh, cause a problem, and then you develop hypothyroidism. Now, this is, is usually not caught by traditional blood work, and family doctors, your family doctor uh, most likely would not catch this. In tertiary hypothyroidism, the third call, uh, most common reasons for uh, low thyroid, is a dysfunction in the hypothalamus, and this is what I see classically with fibromyalgia. The hypothalamus, again, is the master robot, it's the master computer, controls all of our fun functions that we don't have to think about. It, it you know, helps us take 12 breaths per minute. We don't have to think about that. It regulates our circulatory system so as we're running up a flight of stairs, we get more blood and oxygen to our muscles to help us to be able to do that. It raises our blood pressure. But we don't think about pumping uh, six, uh, blood through 60,000 miles of, of uh, veins and arteries, we don't think about doing that every minute. It just happens because our hypothalamus controls that. But when the hypothalamus gets under too much stress, it starts to shut down. And when it does, it starts to affect the thyroid and the adrenal glands. 
Um, the adrenal glands are our stress coping glands. They allow us to be able to have stamina and resiliency to stress. And so when we get under too much stress, for long periods of time, the adrenals start to wear out and become fatigued. And when that happens, the thyroid then begins to suffer. Uh, another condition that we'll talk about tonight is um, we'll talk about Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune disease, which is the most common reason for hypothyroidism in North America. And Hashimoto's thyroiditis is when the autoimmune system um, starts to autoimmune uh, uh, disease, where the thyroid starts to attack itself. And um, typically what happens with, uh, with uh, Hashimoto's disease is it's not picked up for five or ten years. And patients will have all the symptoms of low thyroid, but their blood work, the standard blood work, typical blood work that's done, will never show the signs of Hashimoto's disease, which is elevated thyroid antibodies, TPO and, and, and other antibodies that show that the thyroid is attacking itself. And many doctors, even if they were to learn that the patient had elevated antibodies, they would tell the patient, oh, don't worry about it. We'll wait till your thyroid burns itself out, and then we'll put you on some Synthroid, and you'll be fine. The problem with that is it may take five to ten years before the thyroid burns itself out, and then on a normal blood test, your TSH level goes up, and your low thyroid condition is caught. Well, who wants to spend five, ten years with the kind of fatigue that goes with this condition, the kind of fatigue that makes it hard to get out of the bed every day, the, the kind of fatigue where you feel exhausted from the time you get up to the time you go to bed? And along with that, you also have low libido, so you have low sex drive, you have elevated cholesterol, so more than likely they put you on a, um, a statin medication, which increases your risk of polyneuropathy, nerve damage, by 33% within two years. Many of the patients who go on these lipid-lowering medications like Lipitor and Zocor, Mevacor, they develop all sorts of achy body pain because they deplete CoQ10. Or with low thyroid, you find that your hair starts falling out or you become really depressed. One of the most potent antidepressants is T3. Uh, you may not know this, but there's really more than one thyroid hormone. Um, the two most common thyroid hormones are T4 and T3. Um, T4 is really what traditional medical doctors put all their attention on. So when they do blood tests, they typically are looking at your T4 levels and don't really care about T3. The problem is uh, in the body... T3 is the active hormone. T4 is certainly needed, but its job is to convert into active T3. And so you can live without T4, but you can't live without T3. And yet doctors will put you on synthetic man-made hormone called Synthroid, which is T4, or Levothoxin, which is T4, and ignore the active hormone T3. And that's that can cause big problems, as, we'll, as you'll learn as we go through some more of this information tonight. Uh, what your doctor may not also tell you is that many patients come down with low thyroid, including Hashimoto's disease, because they have an imbalance in estrogen progesterone ratio. When you have an elevated estrogen uh, 
dominance over progesterone, you tend to squash thyroid function. And uh, many female patients are already uh, uh, should already suspect that they have a problem with estrogen dominance because they may have endometriosis or fibroid tumors. And these are signs of estrogen dominance. Um, patients who have been taking birth control pills for a number of years or who have been taking hormone replacement therapy, estrogen replacement therapy, oftentimes find that their thyroid becomes squashed, becomes suboptimal because they've been taking these medications. But you don't even have to be taking estrogen to become estrogen dominant because there's certain chemicals in our environment that we get exposed to, like BPAs and uh, polyphenols and, and um, other chemicals that actually mimic have, have uh, 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 they mimic the effects of estrogen so they bind to estrogen receptors in the body and they cause an elevation of estrogen and so the body thinks it has all this estrogen and starts to respond to that with certain biochemical reactions one of those again is triggering um, uh, a dominance of estrogen and squashing of thyroid about 75% of autoimmune diseases occur in women, most frequently during their childbearing years. So there's definitely a relationship of estrogen dominance, not only to hypothyroidism and thyroiditis, but to also uh, other autoimmune diseases, including the arthritic autoimmune diseases. Um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis is uh, just one type of autoimmune disease, and the symptoms include what you normally would see in hypothyroid disease, including fatigue, depression, sensitivity to cold, weight gain, muscle weakness, thick, uh, dry skin, uh, brittle hair, hair loss, constipation, muscle cramps, increased menstrual flow. And oftentimes you get a goiter or an enlargement in your throat. Sometimes it makes it even difficult to swallow because the goiter has become so large. It's Again, Hashimoto's thyroiditis is the most common form of hypothyroidism in North America, but it's you know usually uh, it's usually missed because you got to do the right blood test to catch it. Uh, low progesterone in women aged 30 to 50 again is often the trigger for Hashimoto's disease, and to com to compound this problem, as I mentioned, you've got these chemicals that are in our environment, these pollutants that can drive up estrogen levels. So PCP, um, polychlorinated biphenols, uh, dioxins, pesticides, so all those can trigger estrogen dominance. And what compounds the problem with having a low thyroid is really this whole issue that most doctors don't do the right test for it. Um, part of that is they're looking at just, again, these little standardized blood tests and looking at TSH levels. But TSH really doesn't mean a whole lot, um, especially if you've got uh, the beginning or you have a full-blown thyroiditis. You're only going to catch that with specialized blood testing. Now, to complicate things, um, what you see is, is that uh, blood tests are not accurate so even if they're doing the standard tests, most blood tests are not accurate because you need to realize that thyroid hormone 
doesn't do anything in the cell. I'm sorry, doesn't do anything in, in the blood. It only works once it gets into the cell. And what we're doing with this blood test is we're looking how much thyroid hormone is swimming around in the bloodstream one second, one minute, one hour out of the day. What we can't know is how much is actually getting into the cell. So the blood tests are really a guesstimation of how effective your, your thyroid is. We really don't know. And unfortunately, many people are told that they, uh, their blood tests are normal and so they don't have low thyroid, and yet they do. They have all the symptoms of low thyroid, but their blood tests are normal. This is called euthyroid syndrome, and uh, this is primarily what I see with uh, my patients that I work with. Is a, Yeah, their blood test looks normal, but they have all the symptoms of low thyroid, including low body temperature. And Dr. Broda Barnes, an endocrinologist back in the 1940s, did the original research that showed that your metabolism, which is controlled by your thyroid, can be measured by basal temperature testing. And what we should see, if you take a mercury thermometer and you shake it down, you put it underneath your arm, and you leave it there for 10 minutes in the morning before you get out of bed, and you do that for seven days, and you take the average, the average should be 97.8 or above. If it's 97.7 or below, then that's a sign of low metabolism and low thyroid. And that's how they used to diagnose hypothyroidism early on. Then they started coming up with the elevated TSH TSH levels, and um, that was much easier to do. But you certainly could do that, and you can read more about that in one of my books or on my website and see how to test for that. Um, The other thing that complicates blood tests is that about three years ago, the American College of Endocrinology, doctors who specialize in treating thyroid disorders, came out with new criteria for blood levels. And they said that um, if your TSH is above 3.04, you have hypothyroidism, low thyroid. But now most lab tests still have 5.5 or 5.05 before you get the diagnosis. So most doctors uh, didn't read the memo. I don't know. Even endocrinologists most of the time will not put you on thyroid medication until your TSH climbs above 5.05. And um, that makes no sense to me when we know, we look at the research, patients do better when their TSH is at 3.0 or better. If you have classic hypothyroidism, meaning that you have an elevated TSH level above 3.04, then we know looking at the research and clinical uh, experience that you do best when your TSH is at 2.0. And I find that most patients, if they have all the symptoms of low thyroid, they do better once we get their TSH at 2.0 or below. Some people do better at 1.0 or below. Uh, They find they can finally lose weight, go to the bathroom, their cholesterol levels come down, their anxiety goes away, their depression goes away. And so, you know, we have to be careful of just looking at blood work. I don't really treat blood work per se. I treat patients. And and really it dictates how my patients are doing about whether I'm going to be aggressive with the uh, with my recommendations or not. But, you know, um, the first key, though, is doing the right labs. 
one thing that happens is is uh, oftentimes patients will get put on synthetic T4 like Synthroid, but the problem with that is doctors aren't doing the right testing to realize that that T4 is not converting into the active T3. And so patients will go back, you know, month after month to the doctor to get blood work done, and, they, and he or she says, oh, Mary, your blood work looks great. Stay on that 25 micrograms or 60 micrograms or whatever it is of Synthroid and come back in six months and we'll retest you. Everything looks good. And you're, but you're thinking, you know, Mary's thinking, oh, my gosh, my hair's still falling out. I'm, you know, I'm constipated. I'm depressed. I can't get out of bed. I have no sex life. I have no energy. How could my blood work be normal? Well, the blood work that that doctor's looking at is normal, but I guarantee you um, if I was doing blood work on you, what I would be seeing would show me that that T4 is not converting in, uh, I'm sorry, T4 is not converting into active T3 because I would be using the specialized test that would show me that. And in that case, I would recommend you take over-the-counter uh, T3 glandular to help you so that your thyroid now starts to function correctly. Another problem comes in uh, that your doctor won't tell you that your diet definitely plays a role in your thyroid function. Uh, most people who have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, remember that's the number one reason people get low thyroid. Um, whether you know it or not, you may not have ever been tested for it. But the number one uh, big, uh, or um, I'm sorry, one of the big reasons that contributes to that is that um, you have a gluten intolerance. And if you've never been tested for that, you need to be tested for that. The specialty test is not some random little test. You need to be, it needs to be done in the right way because uh, most people are, have an intolerance to gluten who have Hashimoto's disease. They may not have classic celiac, but they have intolerance so that when they're eating wheat and oats and barley and spelt and other things that have this, this uh, protein called gluten in it, they actually are giving off triggers, inflammatory chemicals that are shutting down the immune system and causing the thyroid to attack itself. And unless you test for that, you'll never know that. Now, another thing you need to realize is that in your intestinal tract, you have good bacteria, bad bacteria, you have yeast, you have all these different things in your intestinal tract. It's called your mic microflora. And in this environment, um, you have all kind of things going on. Certain hormones are being made and released. Vitamins and uh, nutrients are being broken down and absorbed. Um, all, all these things are happening that allow the body to work correctly. But if you have a dysfunction in that, if you have a, what's called a dysbiosis, where you have more bad bacteria than you have good bacteria, or you have a yeast overgrowth, then you're probably probably not breaking down your food into the and, and vitamins into the nutrients that you need, and so your body becomes compromised. Um, the problem with that is is that number one, twenty five percent of the conversion of T four into active T three happens in the intestinal tract. Now I'm sure your doctor never told you that. But you're taking thyroid, you're not getting better, they're trying to increase the thyroid function. Of course, for many of you, when they increase your thyroid medication, what happens? You get jittery and anxious, you get heart palpitations, break out in the sweat, your blood pressure goes up and you feel terrible, and you quit the medication. Or you go from synthetic T4 
to like Synthroid or Levothoxin, you go to Armor or Westoid or Naturethoid, and you have the same reaction. The reason why you have that reaction is because your stress coping gland, the adrenal glands, are shot. They're too fatigued, and they can't support the thyroid. And that's probably the big reason why you developed a problem with your thyroid in the first place is that your body got under too much stress, and it compromised the adrenals, com- um, compromised the hypothalamus and the adrenals, and then the thyroid. Um, long-term stress depletes nutrients needed to keep your thyroid hormones at peak levels. And nutrition is involved in every aspect of T4 production, utilization, and especially conversion to the active T3. The minerals zinc and iodine, um, vitamins A, B, 2, 3, 6, and even vitamin C, they all are needed for the production of T4. The amino acid, tyrosine, is needed to, to make T4. Selenium is needed for the conversion of T4 into T3. And all these, these nutrients, these vitamins and minerals, can be compromised if your intestinal tract's not working correctly and you're not breaking your food down or breaking your vitamins or minerals down and absorbing them. Um, to complicate that, um, what can happen is anytime you get under stress, your body's one of your body's main reaction is an elevation of secretory IgA levels in your stomach. Um, one outburst of anger can lower your immune function, your secretory IgA levels, by 50% for four hours. Now, when that happens, that compromises the integrity of the intestinal tract, and it can set up a thing called leaky gut syndrome or intestinal permeability. And now every time when you eat your food, instead of breaking your food down and absorbing it and utilizing it to make thyroid hormone, what you're doing is these food particles are not being absorbed, so you get malabsorption syndrome, so you get deficient in vitamins and minerals, and you start having poor health. But you also start releasing inflammatory chemicals like cytokines and bradykinins and kinins that then attack the body and can contribute to uh thyroiditis, autoimmune disease. So it's this, this, it's this um, tapestry that's woven together that you can't just look at the thyroid and thyroid hormones and say that if you've got low thyroid on a blood test, I'm going to give you thyroid hormone and you're going to be better. Now, you may be better for a period of time, no doubt about it. And, and, and if push comes to shove, I'd rather my uh, person at least get on thyroid medication, preferably a combination medication like, like Armour or Westoid or Naturethoid. Um, but um, long term, that is usually a recipe for disaster because eventually your thyroid quits working and you're married to this medication and eventually it quits working and you don't do anything to rectify what triggered the whole thing in the first place, which is this a low adrenal function. And by the way, low adrenal function it uh, mirrors all the symptoms of low thyroid, fatigue, anxiety, depression, weight gain, low libido, lethargy. So um, if you don't uh, deal with that, then it, it's just a matter of time before that catches up and gives you a problem again. Now, to complicate things, too, is that many patients, um, whether they go on thyroid medication, and by the way, um, you can do it all naturally. You can you can 
you can um, reverse your thyroid condition most of the time without prescription medication. And uh, you, you, you certainly can do that. Even Hashimoto's disease, when I work with my patients and they go on my thyroid restoration plan, uh, typically I catch them before they're ever on medication, um, before they ever burn their thyroid out. So I put them on an over-the-counter pro- program of supplements, and within a, you know, a matter of a month or so, their antibodies come, come down and the thyroid starts to work correctly and then we shore up any nutritional deficiencies and we repair, repair the adrenal function. But oftentimes, they're on antidepressant medications because for year after year, they've been going to their doctor saying how bad they felt and their doctor put them on antidepressants. The problem with that is that antidepressant medications alter your hypothalamus pituitary and adrenals by making the thyroid-releasing hormone and thyroid-stimulating hormone pathways less efficient. So it sabotages that path, those pathways, and so you actually compromise your thyroid function by being on antidepressants. Now, I'm not telling you to go off antidepressants, but when I work with my patients, there's a better way because uh, what you need to know is antidepressants, number one, uh, they only work in seven... Uh, 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 they only work about 30% of the time. If you look at the studies, we show that 70% of the time they're no better than a sugar pill. And typically what happens if you go on antidepressant, within a year they quit working because you get this thing called down regulation where the receptors in your brain to reuptake this medication, they start to shrink. And so then you go from one medicine and it quits working and you go to another and then another and another and another. But um, if you keep doing that, you can you run the risk that eventually none of the medications are going to work because you don't have any receptors. What you need to realize is that Celexa, Cymbalta, Lexapro, Pristique, Civella, Prozac, Paxil, all those medications are uh, gasoline additives. They don't make serotonin or norepinephrine. They only are designed to help your brain hang on to serotonin and norepinephrine. So they don't make these neurotransmitters, these brain chemicals, they only help you to reuptake them and use them. The problem is if, you don't, if you've got an empty gasoline tank, which is what happens eventually, is that you're running on fumes. If you use a gasoline additive, it doesn't work. So with my patients, what I transition them to is amino acid therapy uh, by using over-the-counter amino acids that make these brain chemicals. We can get them to slowly wean off their antidepressants as we're putting on these amino acids and they feel better than they've felt in years and they don't have all the nasty side effects of antidepressants, which deplete your, your, uh, uh, your, your thyroid, but they also compromise your natural sleep hormone, melatonin. And when you start to compromise your melatonin levels, you start having trouble with, with your sleep. So the next thing you know, you're on Ambien or Trazodone or Deseril or Lunestra or whatever. You know, that's just a recipe for disaster. You don't have to go down that route. Um, if you look at... Um, We've talked about certain foods, the gluten foods, but you need to realize that if you have a goiter, and you may not even know you have a goiter, usually we'll catch that in the blood work early on, um, and then send you out, refer you out for an ultrasound to pick it up to see if it's visible. But we can catch it early in the right with the right blood testing. Um, but if we pick that up, then you need to realize you need to be stay away from cruciferous vegetables because, that, because these actually can cause the goiter to be worse. Broccoli cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, um, cabbage, kale, turnips, soy, uh, pine nuts, peanuts, all those actually will make 
the, the goiter worse and compromise your thyroid further. So you certainly want to be to know about, about that. Um, if you're overweight, uh, which most people with hypothyroidism are, not everybody, and that's one of the things that I find is oftentimes is that, uh, especially with my uh, fibromyalgia patients, their doctor will never suspect they have low thyroid because they're, they may be, uh, actually could be thin and they're not overweight. But they they have all the symptoms of low thyroid, but they're not overweight, so the doctor doesn't pursue it. That's a that's a uh, you know that that's an, uh, a shame because if he or she would take in the time to do the right blood test and catch the fact that yeah they're not really overweight, but they have a a, a thyroid that's not functioning correctly, then they could get them on the appropriate protocols and get them off several of their medications that are probably causing other side effects. Now, being overweight causes a reduction in your metabolism. It's kind of a catch-22. Low thyroid, you just, you know, if, you, if it's really bad, you smell food and your metabolism is so low, you gain weight. And then you get uh, a buildup of inflammatory chemicals because that's where these inflammatory chemicals are stored is in adipose or fat tissue. And then that tr- can trigger the risk of generating more um, autoimmune diseases like Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And so one of the things that I do with my patients is as I start working with them, cleaning up their diet, cleaning up their intestinal tract, doing the right bloods, catching these different things, making sure they're on the right um, supplements if, if they're on prescription drugs, making sure those are working and adding to that when needed, shoring up their stress coping savings account, stress coping gland, their adrenals, making sure it's working correctly. Then the, the other thing I want to do is jump start their metabolism and get them on a weight loss program. And I wouldn't do that in the beginning because this could be a recipe for disaster. But um, as they start doing better within uh, four weeks, then I put them on a restricted calorie diet and certain uh, fat-burning uh, supplements that will allow them to lose a pound a day, uh, 20 pounds in, in uh, three weeks is the, is, the, is the typical what we find with my patients. And... Um, if it's done the right way, it doesn't compromise your metabolism. Now, if you go on a low-calorie diet and you don't do it right, you already know what happens. You lose the weight initially, but then it, you, know, you, you quit losing weight and you get frustrated, so you go off the diet. And because the body thought you were starving it on the slow-calorie diet, your metabolism is even lower than it was when you, before you did the diet. And so now you, you start gaining even more weight. So you don't want to do it that way, but there's a way that you can lose a pound a day and keep it off and never sabotage your metabolism. And, and so I'd encourage you, if you, if, that, uh, if you work with me, that's one of the things that we will be doing. Now, another thing that can happen with a low thyroid um, is that you can um, actually get uh, an abundance of toxic metals stored in your fat cells that then lead to a compromise in your metabolism and a stress to the body that then shuts down the hypothalamus and creates problems with the thyroid as well. And so sometimes that needs to be tested. I don't do that um, unless someone's not improving because typically what happens is as you're losing weight on my program, you're get, getting rid of these stored toxins. Because that's where toxins are, are, are you know, are, are stored, is in your fat cells. So as you're losing uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 pounds, whatever your goal is, 
you're reducing the inflammation in your body, you're reducing the toxins in your body, you're reducing these heavy metals and other things that could be sabotaging your health. And so it's not something that we have to do all the time, but certainly it, 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 can, sh- it can show up. Um, so, you know, what I would encourage you to do, if, if what I've shared with you tonight resonates with you, um, I would encourage you tomorrow call the clinic. And you can, you know, you've got, you should probably heard about this through email, um, so you can get the phone number through that. But, uh, you know, call the clinic at 205 879 And my voice is about to go, and you can tell I skipped, which is a no-no for me. I skipped, uh, I skipped a dinner tonight, and you could tell my blood sugar was dropping uh, as my brain has not been clicking into gear. But um, let's see if I can hold on here a few minutes. Uh, the phone number is 205-879-2383. And I would call and ask Juno about setting up a consult, a phone consult, or you're welcome to come in the clinic. I certainly do that as well. And right now what I'm doing uh, for my for my thyroid patients is my normal fee is 275 and for right now it's 125 And the reason why I'm doing that is uh, you might, if some of you have fibromyalgia, you might have heard my fibromyalgia call that I do the first Tuesday of every month. And I shared in that call that for the last uh, few years, I really have been working my way out of my clinic. My goal was to work my way out of the clinic and through my book sales and other things that I do, I do coaching, I teach other doctors and other things, um, I would be able to uh, enjoy a little villa in in Italy and and be here in the States periodically and, um, you know, be in retirement. But what brought me out of that mindset was the last few months, all the emails and all the phone calls I've gotten from patients and doctors who share with me horror story after horror story about how they've been mismanaged. Uh, That's true for my fibromyalgia patients. Doctors just don't know what the heck they're doing. They don't know how to treat it. They've got them on 12 different drugs. The drugs, uh, traditional medicine is a dead end for fibromyalgia. You can't reverse a stress disorder with drugs, and it's the same thing with thyroid. Uh, Hypothyroidism is not a drug deficiency. It's a body breakdown disease because the body's stress coping abilities are shot, and you're not going to correct that with a bunch of drugs, not even uh, going on thyroid medication, hormone medication is the answer for that. The answer is to get the person healthy by building up their stress coping chemicals, their stress coping savings account, their stress coping glands, and making sure that the body is functioning correctly. That's the way you do that. And so it's not a drug deficiency. And so I, you know, I got sick of hearing uh, all these patients and doctors sharing with me these stories about really, quite frankly, stupid doctors. And I'm sorry, I know that uh, sounds mean-spirited. I hate, I hate that, but that's just the way it is. Um, it's really irritated me that I've got patients or people out there who go five, six, seven, ten years and never get properly diagnosed and treated, and they lose their jobs, they lose their marriages, they lose their friends, their social life, their life, all because some stupid doctor doesn't even interpret their blood work correctly, or they don't even do the right blood work. They don't even think, they don't even know about these things. So it got me really um, fired up to come back into the clinic, and so I've, I, I write for periodicals and journals. I've canceled those. I'm not doing any outside writing right now for the next several months. 
I've come back into the practice five days a week instead of two. I've opened up those extra three days to be able to take consults. And for so for a period of time, I'm discounting um, the fee. And my goal is is to help people understand uh, what uh, what they need to do to to reverse their illness, whether that's fibromyalgia or um, uh, thyroiditis. So if this again, if this resonates with you. Um, what we would do is you would call the clinic instead of a consult, and from that consult I'd give you a battle plan to tell you what I recommend we do, the different labs that need to be done. I can order those, uh, write you a prescription. You can go to your local lab. They can draw the lab work that is then sent to me. Uh, we do do some specialty labs that would be sent to you, test kits from different vendors around the country. Uh, depending on what we're looking at, I use what I feel are the best of the best. And uh, so that would mean different kits from different labs. Those are sent to you by mail. You do the, you do your homework. Those are sent back to the labs, and then I get the results. And again, we uh, we take those results and we and we fine tune what we need to do to get you on the right, tra- right track to reverse your 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 hypothyroidism or your fibromyalgia or your poor health, whatever it is. I mean, some of you tuning in tonight, you don't really know what you have. You're just sick, and no one can help you. And those are what I call the medical misfits, the people who have been everywhere to try everything, and they just can't get well. Eventually, they um, oftentimes will show up at my uh, a webinar or a teleconference, and then they become a patient. Um, and really, they're just a, someone whose body's broken down. Typically, it's stress that's brought that on, and then their stress coping savings account and stress coping glands have shut down, and uh, they need somebody to help reverse that. Well, I've enjoyed uh, this present, giving this presentation tonight. I hope you have found it helpful. Um, you can find out more information on my website. Please know that a lot of the protocols that are on my treatingandbeating.com site for thyroid are dated. Um, when I say that, there's still, you know, there's still good protocols, but um, it doesn't involve the lab testing. It doesn't involve some of the stronger supplements that I use when I'm doing one-on-one patient-doctor consulting um, because I don't feel comfortable having those on the Internet. Um, And so those have to be in a doctor-patient relationship because even though they're over-the-counter, they're like drugs. They're very strong, and they they need to be monitored. And um, so that's the same thing with the weight loss uh, program that I have. It has to be uh, monitored. It works. It's very safe, but uh, it needs to be done with uh, with with my uh, observation and uh, expertise overseeing that. Again, thanks uh, for tuning in tonight, and look forward to talking to some of you in the next uh, coming weeks, uh, hopefully on a phone consult. Take care.